You're listening to The Community Pulse, a podcast about developer relations, community management, and all things tech advocacy. Let's see what our hosts are chatting about this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our special end-of-year wrap-up episode for The Community Pulse. Uh, This is PJ here with Jason, SJ, Mary, and Wesley. And we're going to talk about things that we've seen in 2020, some of the things that we've talked about on the podcast our impression on how things went and what we thought about it. And then a little bit about our predictions of what we are, I don't know if we want to call it predictions, but like our hopes for 2021, what we hope to see. Um, It's been kind of a a rough year. It's not been easy on a lot of different fronts, but I think there's been some like positive and negative things that have come out. So like who wants to jump in first and kind of talk about their, their kind of impressions on the year, their feelings or, you know, I'll jump in here first. Um, hi everybody. And yeah, thanks for joining us on this, uh, very special end of year episode of community pulse. It has been a year. Um, I feel like there's been a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of things that we've wanted to share, uh, over, over the, since whenever it was February, March, and we've just really had to improvise th- through a lot of this stuff. Um, and, and you know, learned a lot about <laughs> a lot of things along the way. But uh, at the end of the day, some good, I think, is coming out of, of what's going on, especially in the DevRel world. And uh, even though it's been scary, and I think, you know, even for me, I've realized I did lose my job at, at the beginning of all this. I kept my employment, but I lost my job. Like, I don't do what I, I did, and I may never do that again. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're finding different ways to still get sort of the job done or, or you know, still do the things that we love to do, which is connect with people and help people learn and grow and enable them to be the best that they can be. So I think, you know, if you, if you look at it through the right lens, like things have, have turned out pretty good for uh, DevRel in a lot of ways. So um, we wanted to just take a little bit of time to explore some of our thoughts and, and some of the episodes that we've had, you know, we've, we've been through a lot of things such as uh, exploring the uh, goods and bad side of using Zoom with large group, um, we've we've learned some stuff about uh, you know just just in general like communicating through uh, meetups and stuff like that has has really changed and there's just there's so much that has really changed you know I think even within Microsoft we've we've been talking about how technology in general has seems to have advanced almost like two years in just the nine months or something like that and just a lot of the things and I think our our field and you know sort of the software field in general has been a big part of that innovation but also trying our best to keep up and also try our best not to like burn out and and keep our you know keep our shit together for you know lack of a better word and it's sometimes really hard you know we were talking before we got started here and we're all scattered across the country and we're all dealing with with a lot of stuff and um but you know this we still love this you know and this is like our priority and we wanted to do this today so Anyway, really uh, just excited to have this conversation with everybody. Um, we've got some new faces uh, still, you know, on the team that uh, we want to brag about and talk about too. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to shut up for a second and maybe I'll hand it off to Mary. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's been, there's been a lot of, a lot of unexpected changes this year, obviously. Um, as you were talking about how jobs were changing and, and our careers are progressing as well. Um, it was making me think about, you know, just, the, the podcast and looking back on our episodes that we've done in 2020 and kind of seeing, I mean, we entered this year with like, here's our backlog of topics we want to talk about and got three or four months in and went, 
does any of this still apply? Like maybe we need to adjust what we want to talk about and the topics that are relevant to us right now. And so I think there's been a lot of growth for us as a team, um, as well as the DevRel industry as a whole, as we kind of figure out what topics do we need to be addressing, what things really are important and should be prioritized versus things that are good, good to talk about or good to do, but maybe aren't as relevant or uh, urgent as we once thought. Yeah, I, th I think it's interesting, you know, the, the, you both brought up some, some really good points. And I think that if anything, 2020 taught us the, the resiliency of the world of DevRel and the, the poignancy of what we do. Like, Jason, you mentioned your job chain, like your job went away, your employment stayed, but your job went away. And the interesting thing about that is like, you know, so what did we do? We started producing more content. Well, you know, a lot of people argue that DevRel's always been producing content, which is true, but I don't think we've produced it in the myriad and different forms and, and just the sheer amount of content that's been delivered. And that's like, you know, that's a net positive, I think. I think a lot of people are seeing things uh, that, you know, maybe we didn't have time to do them before. Maybe it'd be better if we focused on those things. And, you know, Mary, you, you talk about like, you know, it was constant, it, it showed our ability to kind of change with the times and understand, um, like understand what it is that we really do. Like, how do we foster communities? How do we bring them together? Especially when, you know, cities are burning down and, you know, everyone's getting sick and how do we do this? And it's, it's, it's madness. And we're still supposed to go to work and put on our smiles, but that's kind of what DevRel does. Like, it's not a fake smile. I'm trying to make you feel better and I'm not, you know, I'll commiserate with you, but I can't be in misery with you. And I think that's part of what DevRel learned this year is like, we're not just happy, fun people. We're here for the community, but we're here to build it up. We're not here to tear it down. I think one thing that's been really interesting about this year in particular, on that note, because we are influential, I guess, to some extent in some circles in DevRel in our respective roles, um, we have had an opportunity to kind of distill, and even in this podcast, use this platform to distill some of the important messages um, and conversations with our community, which I've been really proud of. Like I'm proud of the conversations that we had at the beginning of the pandemic with a couple of our community pulse lives. And then we had a, another community pulse live in the summertime about um, all of the racial injustice uh, conversations happening, which I really hope to continue to for us to have uh, in, in the realm of our kind of worlds that we have influence over. Um, and I also agree with like some of the things that Jason was saying at the beginning was um, all of the creativity that has come out of DevRel this year has been really, really impressive to see. Yet at the same time, kind of like what PJ was saying, we're, we're still aligning with our overall goals of connecting communities and you know um, helping developers solve their problems. And um, so I just, I don't know, I feel like net net, it's been a really challenging year and I think we'll probably get into some of that a bit more specifically, but uh, from a positivity perspective, I actually think we've come out of this a much stronger industry. Um, and I think it's kind of funny. I remember very well at the beginning of this year, having conversations with this group and kind of talking about how, um, you know, we were concerned about some of the topics that we were starting to record about in the very early pandemic. And we we're like, let's make sure we keep things evergreen because, you know, this pandemic thing's going to like, you know, it'll be done in a couple of weeks. <laughs> And so we were like, let's not mention the pandemic in this next episode because, you know, we, it won't make sense in a month. And like, ha ha, that, that joke's on us, right? Um, so we ended up adapting pretty well to that and, you know, kind of putting some of our, ever, our, our backlog topics aside and, and really focusing on how we could um, 
create some conversations around, you know, the changes that were happening in our industry and in our world. So I'm, you know, I've been really proud to be a part of this group. Yeah, I think one of the phrases that came out is that the pandemic is accelerating trends that are already happening, but just putting on a very, very fast track. And I, and um, with the diversity of doing things remotely and being forced to do that, uh, there are tools that are now being developed and we now have that are added to our toolkit that, that um, you know, we wish we had. But the community of DevRel has proven how tight-knit this group is because as we all learn and most of us learn in public how we're sharing tools and how we're um, finding ways around some some challenges like live streaming like how do we get that up and running obs what um <laughs> like there's a lot of things that we're each teaching each other and um then we are in turn finding new ways of doing group feedback uh, or how do we do a webinar or how do we get people um online that may not be so familiar with this these types of technologies by using uh, hop in or other things that are tailor made for for these types of conferences, um, being able to to engage people and there's still things worth working out. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever perfected the hallway track yet, um, and that's still an issue. Um, but I think um, these tools are still being developed, and we're all probably are going to keep using them. Um, and I was reminiscing about the time before when people use the internet but didn't use it for e-commerce they're like why would you put your credit card like on a site that you're not familiar unsafe with? yeah and before the pandemic it's like are you really going to turn your camera on for this meeting uh can't we just listen and i think that that muscle has been built up over these few months uh to the point where if i if someone invites me to a meeting and I'm expecting expecting it to be a video call meeting and not just a uh, just a dial in, and I think that that is going to enable us in the future to build on this, the assumption that everyone's going to have, hopefully, a decent webcam, a decent mic, dis decent lighting, and have a, like a, a place to have these calls, where innovation really can build upon that, so um, we can get to that next level. That's that's I know for me that's what I'm kind of hoping for is is that we can look at this as an opportunity for innovation and not stagnation, um, which I think is is something that we did kind of see develop over the year uh, of 2020 as a whole. Uh, but one of the things that like you know we like to do when we when we look back at a year, just like every other podcast, is we like to talk about the kind of the trends of the year. So we kind of took an opportunity, all of us took an opportunity to kind of think about what we saw, what was good, what was maybe not so good. Um, so let's kind of like go or let's go around the horn, as they say, and 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 see if we can suss out some of that. So, um, Mary, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, kind of building on what you were saying about, you know, opportunities rather than stagnation. One of the fascinating things that I saw this year is that despite a lot of companies pausing hiring when the pandemic first started and despite a lot of people losing their their employment at the beginning of the pandemic, jobs have been growing like the sheer number of companies that are you know getting devrel positions or putting out there that they're wanting dev advocates things like that is growing exponentially still um i maintain a, a jobs collection for devrel weekly that i put out every week 
And I think there were like 278 open jobs that are like, you know, everything from dev advocate to developer experience to manager jobs. And those are just the ones that I'm aware of that I see through Twitter and RSS feeds and things. And so the jobs are still increasing exponentially. Companies are still creating more developer relations teams. And I think there's pros and cons there, right? More job opportunities, definitely a pro. The fact that the industry is still growing, definitely a pro. But there's also a lot of these positions that I'm seeing that are single person DevRel teams that companies that still don't have a defined goal for that person or that team or even that function. Do you, do you think that do you think that some of that is because there's a need to build, but they they they're starting with a team of one? Yes, absolutely. And so I and again, like that's not always a bad thing. The the ones that concern me and the the handful of conversations that I've had about roles like this are usually coming back to the ones that are saying like cool, you help out with our product roadmap and you do all of the content and you build this brand new community that never doesn't exist currently and you figure out an online community for our users on our site and you do the event strategy and you do all of these things. And so the companies that are, you know, and we've seen this over the years that like, they they know that they need someone to do these things, but they haven't scoped the role. They haven't scoped the function. They don't actually know what their goals are. And this is something I saw when I was consulting, right? Where like, if the company can't tell me, here's why we want a community person or a DevRel person, that's the first place we start because you got to define that before you know where you're going. So I think there's still concern around that piece of it that like, Sure, there's a lot more job opportunities. There's a lot more people entering developer relations, which is fantastic. But we're also seeing people who might be set up for set up for failure by companies that don't actually know why they're doing what they claim they want to do. Yeah, I wanted to to tack on to that and say, like, yes, there's definitely a, a big boom in companies hiring for DevRel. Um, I think it's really exposed like some shortcomings that people feel um, that DevRel can fill uh, that they didn't realize was there. But I want to also look at the other side of the coin that it seems like it's been like a very bold line for some companies where people are hiring on the top of that line, but there's the other end of the line where people are just totally cutting whole swaths DevRel and just getting rid of it because um, they don't understand how it, it's core to their business or what they actually do, or they think that those DevRel people just travel all the time. And so there's no traveling. So why do we need DevRel? So um, I, I agree that the people are, have, are hiring because I was looking for a job during this pandemic. I went through 80 interviews. Um, so I think that shows one of two things. One, there are enough companies to interview for. And two, um, that I felt that I could be selective enough to, to say, you know, that's not what I'm looking for. That's not what I want to do. Or that's that branch of DevRel because there are so many uh, hues in that spectrum of what people thought DevRel was and what they're looking for. And then what I was looking for, that it took a while for me to find that match. And I knew that I could just keep going because there'd be another company that'll be a good fit. So DevRel has exploded. People don't necessarily understand what it is. Um, um, 
and some people really do understand the value uh, and some people um, just absolutely feel that it's value less. And I think that has really exposed a lot of people um, and a lot of companies to who they really value, how they treat their employees. And when they quote unquote, cut the fat to save the muscle that um, DevRel uh, really, really um, is something that they, they have publicly stated how they fit. And I think a lot of companies who have done that have shown that DevRel doesn't mean anything and how, how much they value um, the developer themselves in terms of being a developer-centric company, that has not fallen quiet. I think a lot of people have heard that loud and clear, and that kind of circulates among people in DevRel and then eventually trickles down to how developers see that company. Yeah, that's a really good point. I've definitely heard, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, a lot of really like fantastic folks just dropping, like getting getting laid off, getting fired. And it was very disconcerting actually at the beginning. Um, I wanted to give a, a quick uh, segue or kind of shout out to, you're talking about how, you know, cutting DevRel is cutting the fat, but isn't it that good fat that's in avocados? And yeah, yeah, you know, just circling it back to the developer avocados. <laughs> Thanks, SJ, appreciate yeah, yeah, that. No worries. Um, <laughs> I wanted. I was also thinking about how we're talking about how um, these companies that are kind of levered, like that realize what the true goals of developer relations are in terms of like tightening and strengthening the community, really serving as that feedback engine for developer communities to companies, and you know ultimately building better products. Um, but how that can take so many different shapes and forms. And it's interesting that our first episode of the year was all about uh, the different sort of traits that make someone successful um, in DevRel. And that conversation ended up turning into um, a whole long discussion about how those different traits can, can translate into um, developer relations and developer community building and um, how there's sort of I wouldn't say endless opportunities, but certainly a great deal of potential for how we can actually achieve those goals. Um, and little did we know how important that theme would be throughout the year and how companies would have to adapt. Uh, so it's just interesting, an interesting point there. Yeah, well, um, I've got quite a few. Actually, I've been kind of taking notes over here just as everybody's been talking. I've been thinking of other things because, you know, originally I was, I was mentioning how I think it's awesome how creative teams have gotten to what DevRel means to them and, and really making sure that we understand um, what it is we are doing. Because just like SJ just pointed out, at the beginning of this thing, we started seeing friends, you know, go on Twitter, go onto our Slack groups and say, hey, I'm looking for something new. My team's been, you know, gotten rid of like, and it was not a good feeling, but now here we are, you know, uh, however many months later, and we've, there's a, there's definitely a little bit more positive feeling towards all that kind of stuff. So I think a lot of that comes from our creativity. And, and I think we've been able to really flex as a DevRel like community, we've been able to flex the things that I, you know, have been hard to define in a lot of ways, or maybe have just gone under the radar because everybody else is so busy, you know, with their, with just the way things used to be in our day to day, but now it's becoming easier or more clear for like product teams and marketing teams to understand what are our skills? What do we bring to the table and how can we work with each other? And one example I think of that is, 
you know, we can't have these large uh, events anymore. Microsoft can't put on build and ignite and draw thousands and thousands of people together where product teams get the chance to sit in front of a room full of people and, and talk to talk to them about what's coming and what we're building and get feedback and all that. There's there's not they don't have that anymore. But we still have that. We still have that conversation with with the you know the people out in the world trying to learn about this stuff. So now it's there's like a better understanding I feel like of 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 how the DevRel uh, you know side of a business org can work with a product team, work with marketing teams, work with all kinds of other teams to bridge those gaps that just don't exist anymore for the for the time being. You know. Um, and I, I really do feel it is for the time being. I mean, hopefully by this time next year, we're talking about, uh, you know, some events finally that, that we can go to, or maybe have already even been to, who knows, maybe we'll get lucky. But the, the creativity has been really nice. Uh, but I also feel we're starting to now flex our creative brains about, well, how can we move into more of a mixed type of event where we're still going to, you know, we're going to be allowed to go back into in-person stuff but boy, are these digital and online events successful and are they teaching us a lot of things? And, you know, we don't want to just throw that all out because we can start going back to live, you know, in-person events when actually the metrics show us that these other ones are helping us drive impact better than the other ones were. So it's just, we have to like rethink the whole thing and who knows what a mixed event's going to be like, but but we're in a position to sort of define that right now. And I think that's really nice for all of us because again, it gives us the opportunity to flex our strengths. We can be those people who innovate what a mixed reality or not mixed reality, what a mixed event is in person, digital, that kind of thing. The other, I wanted to come back to what PJ said at the beginning about how we've just been, uh, you know, mostly because now we're at home, we're not traveling as much. And it's, it's just, uh, um, in a lot of cases, easy hanging fruit to create content, you know, uh, whether it's in a podcast or doing streams or writing blogs every couple of weeks or whatever. It's for me, there's, you know, I'm at home all the time. So it's a little easier for me to, you know, commit to that kind of thing. But I will also say, at least for me, my, my ability to pump out, you know, like, we'll just call it content in all its various ways isn't just because I'm at home. A lot of that for me is like stress relief. Like this, like I'm stress writing and I'm stress streaming. And I'm like, like, this is just me dealing with the shit that's going on in the world right now. And it's, you know, sometimes it's playing the guitar behind me. And sometimes it's here just throwing myself at my work because that's how I'm dealing with this. Um, and I, and I know there's other people that are doing the same, you know? Um, so I just want to acknowledge that, that this isn't, this isn't me just like feeling, Oh, it's my turn to shine and I, and I can't wait to like, you know, flex those muscles. This is also me dealing, you know, with the, the anxiety and just, you know, <laughs> what sometimes feels like the world is burning uh, sometimes. So I, I just want to point that out because I, I know there's others that feel that same way. Glad you said that because I wanted to say that we are all people. We are all not just doing our jobs. We're dealing with this too. And, uh, and it's almost impossible not to bring your whole self to work. And when, I mean, our jobs are not just to regurgitate information, it's to bring our spin to it. It's bringing our experiences, bringing our personality to make it come alive and to hit home. And what I wanted to say in terms of this trend, which, which you know, harkens back to the first time I was on this podcast, podcast as a guest was talking about diversity and inclusion and um, talking about 
in DevRel, the experiences that we all have had and, um, and you know, transparency back into metrics about this being um, very clear to see how it's doing impact, but it's also clear to see what's going on in these virtual events, who's getting on stage, who's uh, uh, choosing not to talk about like Black Lives Matter and the current state of the political dis, dis like array in our in the United States, um, and and when there's silence, then that is also speaks volumes. And those who are on the other side of the aisle. I think generally speaking on, on this podcast, we are all pretty much on the same side in terms of where we fall and thinking about that stuff as being important. And I think um, the trend that I've seen is people who have been in the industry for a long time, who have, there have been whispers about how they feel about something things, if they're extremely misogynistic in private or um, b- backstage or um, in smaller groups, how that really is coming out, um, how that's really easy to see and how people in general in this group are speaking out about it and coming together to say, you're not welcome. Um, uh, if domestic violence events that have come like, like it's come to, to everyone knows who that is. I'm not going to, it's companies who need to take a stance on how they treat those people and whether or not they want to keep them employed. Um, my own experience uh, with like racial and inequality in this country and making sure that there's space to talk about that. Um, Code of conduct uh, for these virtual events and having them be enforced so that if you're a speaker and then you start getting these weird LinkedIn requests or uh, these approaches on Twitter and how that also, it's not limited to just the venue, how it can follow you outside of that. I think bringing all of these front and center in this age, I think is something I hope that we keep, that we still stay very like uh, solid in our belief systems and our value system of what's right, what's wrong and who belongs and who doesn't, but in a good way. Um, inclusion is something that I hope is uh, keeps trending, keeps happening so that everyone feels welcome and that we don't use language that says that uh, this gatekeeping that happens in tech. And I, I hope that the gate is, is more wide open for different people, for different folks, including people um, around the world um, so that we can be more inclusive to these de- developing com- uh, countries or the developer advocates that are just now being able to feel like they're having some of the same level ground that we all have had in the past. And so uh, I'm hoping that's a trend that keeps going. Um, But right now, this year, I can definitely say that that has been in the win column of being able to talk about these issues, having places to talk about them instead of them being whispers in the corner or certain groups um, that it's more front and center. I mean, one of the things that I think that is interesting about 2020 is, is it did kind of show the, 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 the true nature of how DevRel is about community. Um, like you talk about, you know, whether you're talking about like diversity and inclusion, the initiatives that do this, and, and you're right, we did kind of see the people who were giving lip service because they felt that it was something they were supposed to do. 
and the people who are actually dedicated to making better, more diverse, more inclusive communities. Um, and, and yeah, it starts with things like codes of conduct and it starts with representation on stage, but it starts with representation everywhere else too. You know, you, you it shouldn't be that someone because they are not the cool open source bearded gray beard white guy that they have to ghostwrite instead of writing content for a company. That's a little ridiculous. Um, I honestly think that like one of the one of the things that that kind of combines, I think, is Mary talked about how there's more jobs, and there's more opportunities, but I think that that's that's worldwide. That's true of every size organization, realizing the importance of DevRel right now, and I think that that's key to diversity and inclusion because if you want a truly well-rounded team, people that can actually talk about things that they're doing, and you push that there's opportunity for that now. You have to have the jobs first. Like there has to be job recs first. That's great. Um, I think the one trend that was on the negative side kind of is the fact that like you said, like there were, there were people that were kind of giving lip service to like, you know, like, oh, I'll wear the t-shirt and I'll wave the flag. But as soon as, as soon as like a week has passed, I'm done with my armchair activism. Um, I'm just doing it because it needs to be done. And I think that's where like the DevRel influencers who aren't real DevRel practitioners are there because they want to be famous. And I think these are some of the people that we did see in the beginning who were losing jobs because their only value to the company was to be a face on stage. Um, they weren't technically competent. They weren't capable of delivering information about the product or the software or the programming language or whatever. What they were was good looking, a good marketing scheme, um, which Wesley, you are, you are a stunning looking man. I know it's a podcast, but, and actually people can't even look at your picture cause you have a portrait on the website. You just, you're messing it up for everybody, Wesley. Um, but, but seriously, like the, the DevRel influencer, I thought was probably one of the worst trends of 2020, um, of just using this job as a launching platform for a better Instagram, which is something never, no one should ever do. And I know we make so many jokes about it, but I, I think we touched upon all of those topics actually a little bit in our episode with uh, Cor Coraline Ada Emke and Don Goodman-Wilson, uh, which I think is the longest name episode for guests. Um, but when we talked about the ethics of DevRel and the ethics of what it is that we do, and you can't bring value if you aren't ethical about delivering things for a community. You have to be, you know, you're a member, but that means every member should have the same chance as you do to get up on that stage, to write that blog post, to be the, the guest on the podcast. It's about your value, what you deliver, and not, you know, where you come from or what color your skin is or what you do in the bedroom. Who, who gives a shit about that? Like you're, you're a community member. I care about you because you're here. Um, so that's, I think that covers trends. I think we're good on trends. Um, with the little bit of time that we have left, because there was so much to cover in 2020. So I think we had a lot of topics. Let's go to predictions. Um, I would like to have some sort of caveat or like disclaimer. What we're about to say does not necessarily mean that this will happen. We are not psychics. We do not pretend to be psychics. We do not pretend to know what's going on in the future. We do not have any kind of insider trading info or anything like that on this show. This is just five folks who have some ideas and they're going to tell you. So um, let's start with SJ. Thanks. Cool. So in the last couple of minutes, as I've been kind of thinking about, especially DNI, but also kind of tying, tying that into the theme of creativity that we've discussed in a couple different points this uh, episode, I'm hopeful that this sort of new world of potentially hybrid events and engagement models will allow us to truly open the door to true global inclusivity. 
Um, I think Wesley made a really good point of bringing that up. I think that we're really going to have to stretch our inclusivity muscles if we want to try to be wide open to the whole world because you know there are just lots of different ways that humans express themselves and connect and um, to find the ways online and off to um, be as open to that as possible, I think is more possible than ever because we have these different ways of connecting with folks, even just organically in the meetup world, folks and like, you know, various, I, I, for, for I'll think of, I'll mention like HubSpot's meetups um, that all went virtual this year. Uh, we had folks showing up like at the Chicago meetup from different parts of the world. And, you know, it's this unexpected outcome that I think we've all seen in our in our respective communities where we're definitely broadening the local chapters to uh, have a, a broader scope of voices. And how are we going to make sure that those voices feel welcome and heard? Um, I'm really hopeful that we're going to be able to get to a better place with that in 2021. Um, I think there'll be there be more permanent roles in the DevRel org. Uh, going forward, uh, because I mean, who wouldn't want a project manager to help with coordinating who's going live, who's doing a live stream, who's doing a talk, who's in town, who's not in town, um, uh, calendars and managing all that. Um, maybe there are DevRel that only does live streaming and doesn't go do talks, doesn't do blog posts or documentation. Um, or what if there are people who say, you know, I actually do really love traveling and maybe some of the, the work they were doing on the side, uh, I shouldn't say a long, not a side, like uh, it was a side role, but more of like, if they're doing other things uh, related to DevRel, maybe there's someone who just does traveling because other DevRels in the group choose not to migrate back to in-person events anymore. Um, so I think that there'll be maybe additional roles or more defined roles going forward of, hey, I need someone in DevRel that can just do, um, like video games uh, in Farmville and just do DevRel through Farmville. Uh, or <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm stretching what here, but- <laughs> What an interesting concept. Yeah, or just like someone who is just does TikTok, just a TikTok DevRel. Um, uh, I've already I, seen I, Animal Crossing become a thing, so. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll and, volunteer for that. Yeah, so maybe someone is just gonna focus on Twitch or, or the, um, a streaming service that has um, gone forward um, as being the de facto platform. Maybe like we talked about new tools being built, there are gonna be new tools just for this that may be um, a position for DevRel, like a community Q&A live or something like that, town halls, th those type of things that could be enabled by this that I think that we'll, we might start seeing roles like that where they're more specific, more defined going forward. So yeah, I mean, I think that it's interesting because I, I like the idea of like kind of the diversity of roles in, in DevRel. And I, I think that would also continue the trend of finding more and more jobs. But I also think that on the other end of it, kind of the, the classic DevRel thing is, I think sometime mid-year, we're gonna see this huge surge over the return of events. Um, I don't think it's gonna look the way that it looked before with a lot of huge corporate events. Um, you know, the, the, the O'Reilly's and the, the big, huge, you know, 20,000 person. But I think what we're going to see is the return of, first of all, we're going to see the return of meetups, which is to me the most glorious thing in the world. Cause we all know I love meetups more than anything else, but I think we're also going to see the return of like the regional conference, you know, the, the PyCon Cleveland and things like that, where, you know, specific communities will get together and say, Hey, let's do something a little bit more than a meetup, 
a little bit less than our national conference um, and see if we can get like, you know, a hundred people together in a room to talk about this thing. And we'll try to bring people from somewhere else. I think that'll be a really great opportunity for communities to reinvigorate, refine their, their purpose. And, and, and yes, to, to quote SJ in, in our chat that we have going a return to the golden age of DevRel when life was regional conference and meetups. Um, I feel like you just, that I, now that I said it out loud, I'm now the oldest person on this podcast, which I was anyway, but like now I sound like it. But uh, no, there's kind of that, that whole, like the communities organizing things and the products and the, and the organizations following that lead, um, which I think will be beneficial because people in DevRel will be able to suss out the needs for the community better when the, the community is driving things forward. But that's that's my prediction is is more community driven, uh, less company driven focus on DevRel and DevRel activities. I hope one day in the very, very far off future, when people are researching DevRel and they, they put together a, a family tree that they refer to this as the golden age. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, it, it's fun to like be at. I don't know. The, this year is a is a historic year. I mean, there's just no way you look at it. Like every freaking day, there's something that you just can't believe. And <laughs> the fact that we've kept up with it, but also like innovated through this whole thing, I think is just like what gets me the most excited about it. And, and I think a lot of that is because we've all recognized we don't have answers for this. We're going to get through this together. And so that that really just allows us to to like rely on our strengths and really lean into those because now we have a little bit more flexibility and maybe experimenting because nobody has a playbook. So we're trying things we haven't tried before. We're collaborating with people we've never talked to before. We're finding ways to work with people on the other side of the planet because, you know, that's what we should have been doing the whole time. But now it's like, it, it's a requirement because we can't go see them. And, and you know, we have to pay attention to time zones and it's just, it's, it's really forcing us to learn. And I think the ones that are, that are coming up on, on top are, are accepting of that. And, and a big part of what DevRel is, is that we're constant learners and we're constant teachers. And, and that's, that's like our, our goal. And so I, I love how, you know, to, to Leslie's or to Wesley's point, like all the, all the stuff about inclusivity being come and come like, finally, it's such an important thing, you know, it should have been for so long, but now we're, you know, we're really like, it's not lip service, the, the, you know, we're making it happen. So I think that's one prediction for me is that that, you know, there's so much creativity that there's just going to be some really awesome stuff coming out of both the hybrid models of events and how we're going to do, you know, stuff online and how we're engaging with people. And then my other prediction is, is sort of related in terms of how we're engaging with people, but also who we're engaging with, because I think through this whole thing, you know, my parents have become a lot more proficient with things like Zoom and, um, you know, paying attention to time zones and scheduling and things like that. And, and then, um, you know, there's also people now that have high speed internet that, that didn't before. And there's, there's, there's also a very young, uh, audience now that knows how to do all that stuff too, because they've had to for school. So we've all learned a lot of new things, whether we wanted to or not. And I think that's going to open up, you know, myriad of things, uh, and ways that we can communicate and work together with all these people and help them in lots of ways, because we all have to, we all have to adjust and, and, you know, and, and figure out new ways to work. It's not just, even though a lot of this we hope is very temporary, there's a lot of permanent change that's coming out of this whole thing. Yeah, and I love that that realization of we're all learning, we're all growing, we're all adjusting this year. And I think the companies 
and the individuals that learn and grow and adjust the most and are able to still contribute value to their company as well as their community are going to be the ones that succeed and not just in our careers individually, but also the companies. And that's my biggest prediction for the years to come in 2021 is that these companies that really figure out how do we adjust and how do we still keep a thriving community a priority for us, they're going to have that strategic advantage in the market as a whole, right? That's going to lead to an additional surge of companies that are really trying to create these successful communities. And I think we're really going to see those that that are willing to learn and grow and succeed have that competitive advantage that really sets them apart from other companies, from other products that really makes them the world-class product for their particular niche. Absolutely. It's super exciting. <laughs> I, I agree. I think 2021 is going to be a very exciting year. Um, and I think that's a good place to end it. I want to just say, Wesley, Mary, Jason, SJ, thank you so much. It's been so awesome to, to travel through the most ridiculous year of my life with y'all. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to all of the listeners, all the people who came to our live broadcasts, um, everybody who's downloading this, everybody who's telling their friends, everybody who emails us and retweets and gets the, the RSS feed. Thank you so much to all of you because none of this would be possible if you didn't do it. And probably we wouldn't want to. Um, usually, traditionally, we end with a, a hip hop quote at the end of our episodes, but we kind of had a little side chat going while we recorded this episode. Um, so for this episode, we're going to close with a, a slightly modified quote from President John Fitzgerald Kennedy, um, who is a pretty cool guy, I guess. I don't really know, but he did say some really cool things. And so, you know, to, to close 2020, we're going to close this episode with this, this thought. Ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. And with that, we'll see you in 2021, everybody. This has been Community Pulse. Learn more at communitypulse.io and on Twitter at community underscore pulse. Your hosts are Mary Thangball, Mary underscore Grace on Twitter, Jason Hand, Jason Hand on Twitter, PJ Haggerty, Asplenic on Twitter, SJ Morris, Sarah Jane Morris on Twitter, and Wesley Faulkner, Wesley83 on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.